Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk for lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his fire. Father, we thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We thank you, Father God, for the days that we're in right now, and we especially praise you for awakening us to the days that are that align with where we are in the end times and the Holy Bible. We praise you, Father God, for lifting the veil of the cloak, if you will, of churchianity from our eyes over the years and helping us to be able to see so vividly that the Bible is reading today like a newspaper and that not only are we deep into the Olivet Discourse, but we are indeed um, completely surrounded by scrolls that are opening up all around us and rolling out, and the the happenings of those scrolls are coming out in parallel. And we praise you, Father, for all these things, the visions that we are able to see, the the revelations and the uh, revealing the apocalypse of the Lord Jesus Christ as we enter in deeper into these days, and we just give you all the praise and worship, Father. We need to be chastened. If we need to be chastened, we want to be chastened. If we need to be corrected, we want to be corrected. If we want to, if we need to go through the refiner's fire, we want to go through the refiner's fire. We do not want to miss. For many are called, few are chosen. Father, we want to be chosen. Uh, we want to be chosen. We know that this is the opportunity of all of eternity. We know that this is it, it's very, very difficult to make the transition from the flesh and to not look at the troubles and the trials and the tribulations and the difficulties that we all have to go through in some degree or another in our walk, whether we're retired or whether we aren't, no matter what, and things are going to get worse, and we recognize that as well, and we just give you the praise, and we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will anoint us in the fashion that whatever is necessary, Father God, whatever gift of the Holy Spirit, we pray that it is amplified within our walk, that we are able to make the transition that is necessary to surrender all that we have on this earth, to totally even be willing to 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 to, to you know turn our backs or give up whatever the right word is, uh, 
our, our earthly um, comforts, although we do tend to want to hold on to those. Nobody wants to be homeless and walking through the streets. But, Father, we just praise you in whatever it is we need to go through. We pray that we go through it now before it is too late. If there are adjustments in our attitudes of the things that we feel, we pray that there's a revelation that comes down upon our heart in the name of Jesus now, right now, uh, so that we are prepared not only for uh, being pure and holy in the manner that you would see us fit to be part of your bride, but to be part indeed of the first fruits and the barley harvest rapture and to get out of here as soon as possible, but not without bearing fruit, not without recognizing that the, that the parable of the wise and foolish virgins is, is juxtaposed and jammed right up against uh, the parable of the uh, talents and rewards. And to understand, Lord Jesus, that you didn't so much as it did, doesn't appear scripturally that you even so much as took a drink of water between the two, helping us to understand that the two go hand in hand. And we need to be able to bear that fruit, but we can do it and help. And thank you for helping us to understand that it doesn't mean we have to be standing on a street corner with a megaphone, but it can just be through touching people's lives through love and generosity and and being the Christians that we were called to be and, and to understand the power that we were given through you and through the name of the Lord Jesus in our prayers, that we can call down heaven's resources, heaven's power and heaven's angels into action upon this earth and that we can have trillions, I mean, just unbelievable many miracles and changes in our lives and things, our whole walk can be utterly changed. To understand that we have the power in the name of Jesus, that we can uh, fight against the enemy, we can fight against the, the, the demons of darkness that would attempt to come against us, and we can uh, get through the days, I don't want to say get through the days without issues, because we're always going to have those challenges, we're going to always have bigger and bigger targets on our back, the more uh, damage that we do to the devil, but praise you Jesus, Father God, that we are not idle and sitting on our hands, that we are uh, hopefully at the ready. And we pray in Jesus' name that you will make us more so at the ready. Help us to become who we need to become to be able to serve you in the way that you want us to serve you so that we are walking in the works that you have defined in our books, in uh, Psalm 139, verse 16, in our books before we were born and we give you all the praise honor glory father god forever and ever we thank you jesus for the days that we're in Con condition us change us make us see things through the eyes that we need to see them through so that we're able to utterly surrender all that there is in our lives here on the earth and look forward to whatever it is that we need to go through and do for you before we depart this place in the mighty name of our lord jesus christ and now to him our Lord Jesus and our friend, who can keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday before the presence of our Heavenly Father in the throne room with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Amen.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at look at all the stuff that's going on around the world. Is it not exciting? Um, uh, so I forget who. I was having a conversation uh, just recently, um, you know, about, uh, you know, that, so, you know, that sometimes the times that I take off, you know, like if I take off a three day weekend, a lot of a lot of folks, you know, you might there are times when, for example, I will miss doing the prayer vigil so bad that I can't stand to take the day off. And then there are other times when I need to disconnect completely, you know, completely from, and you might say, well, you don't want to disconnect from prayer, do you? And no, no, I don't ever want to disconnect from the the, the presence of the spirit of the Lord and constant continuous prayer and praise and, and, and all that. I mean, that's, that's part of our walk, but yeah, you know, th- there are times when I'll get a three day weekend. They're rare, but there are times when I get a three day weekend, especially around the holidays. And of course this is the harvest period. I do not acknowledge nor do I pay any attention to the other uh, so-called festivities associated with this particular time of the year. I just don't acknowledge them. I don't pay, I don't pay attention to the devil. I, I'm like Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth was in the hotel, uh, you know, and uh, this is part of his uh, biography, and he was sleeping in a hotel at one point, and of course the story is much, story's much bigger than this, but, um, uh, you know, Smith, Smith was sound asleep. And he felt a stirring at the end of his bed. And right there was Satan standing at the foot of his bed, right in his hotel. Off and I'd start screaming like a 15-year-old girl and running around the house, you know, who knows. But Smith, so cool, calm, and collected with the trust that he had in the Lord and after all the things that he'd gone through, of course, the more more stuff you go through, the more, more you're going to trust God because you're going to see him working in your life more frequently. Um, but Smith looks up and sees Satan at the foot of his bed, and he's like, oh, it's only you. And then he, like, pulls the blankets up over his head and goes right back to sleep like a baby. That's what I want. That's where we all have to be. You know, that's where we all need to be fighting to to get to. And I do mean that it is a fight because it, it requires the utter divorce of your flesh and your fleshy attitudes about life and everything like that. And we have to be pushed into that. I don't think it comes naturally. I think what happened, happened to Smith was over the years and years and years and years and years and years that he served God, he, he found himself in such a jam and a pickle 
struggle on an un, you know in a situation that was utterly unsurmountable and um and then all of a sudden a miracle happened and he was like oh my gosh this is amazing and then he saw that over time it was happening again and again and again and again and again and after a while he was like well goodness gracious you know the next time i have another impossible circumstance occur and the ship leaves or i don't have a ticket or whatever the case is i'm just going to expect a miracle praise god there used to be a little sign at grace chapel where i grew up at uh you know it's a long long part of my testimony but i'm not going to get into that right now but but on the uh pulpit you know at uh, grace chapel they it used to have a little sign that said expect a miracle you know when you come to a place in your walk where i mean shame on us really when you think about it when we look back on our lives if we if we're paying attention that's part of the problem if you're not paying attention you're going to miss many miracles and you want to be able to see them because those many miracles and the bigger miracles when they're intermingled together tell a story and that story ought to be a story that we learn from. It ought to be something that helps us to be able to say, you know, hey, I trust you, Lord. Now, it, you know, it, it, there are certain things in life that we all have, uh, you, know, cert, you know, like I have a fear of having to walk the street. I don't want to have to hunt in dumpsters for sandwiches or wade in caves like Elijah for, you know, whatever birds or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I would prefer, you know, call me crazy, but, you know, maybe a little bit of DoorDash or something now and then. You know, uh, I'd rather not have to go shopping at the local public supermarket with a bunch of zombies walking around trying to, you know, grab my leg and have a chicken sandwich or whatever you know there's you know what i'm saying there there's kind of a limit i think we all have a bit of a limit perhaps of uh you know what we would you know can consider is reasonable for us to have to go through as far as the ugly is concerned and we don't know what that entails for the days ahead what we do know and should be praiseful for and it's a very difficult transition like i said when you look at it through earthly eyes it's like oh my gosh i can't believe it this is terrible what am i going to do it's like the five stages of grief you know that's why most Christians are clinging on, you know, churchianity and stuff like that for a lot of for a bazillion different reasons, bad teaching, misunderstandings. Um, another problem that churchianity has is they tend to believe the prior generations of their, you know, so, you know, you've got a pastor and the pastor's dad was another pastor and then, you know, there's generations of them. And they kind of, you know, follow the traditions of what they've been taught over the last several hundreds of years, whatever the case is, depending on which you know denomination they may be from or whatever and uh and and you know and that's one of the, I won't get into that but I mean that's really one of the things that leads to the popularity of preacher rapture belief is because it's a generation after generation after generation after generation after generation after generation teaching and because of that um you know and you have to realize that those generations are like fireworks so they explode and then there's like you know from one church comes three churches come from three churches come 50 churches and they all believe in pre-trib and they all that's what and that's kind of the dynamic, you know, churchianity suffers from. It's the same thing having to do with it. there having to be this notion, which is an incorrect notion, that there has to be a third Solomon's Temple built before Jesus comes. That, that is absolutely non-scriptural. It is not the case in 90 plus, oh gosh, who knows what percent of churchianity is sitting around watching for the third Solomon's Temple. They, they're sitting there waiting for red heifers to get their heads chopped off. Never mind PETA flying overhead and C-130s coming down. And, you know, it would be an absolute global riot if anybody was out there chopping the heads off of any animals, for that matter, uh, you know, on a, on a world stage. 
common sense would indicate that maybe you should rethink that. Um, but I'm not going to get into that. I've played you know, tons of radio shows. We've had tons of guests on. We know who the abomination of desolation standing in a holy place is. We know who the Antichrist is. Praise God. We've come to a place. It is Obama. It's a fact. He's coming back. Uh, Stephen Ben Noon just had – he doesn't even get dreams and visions. Stephen Ben Noon does not get dreams and visions as a general rule, okay? And he got a evidently a Mac Daddy one uh, that uh, you know showed Obama back in the presidency of the United States of Babylon the Great, which, of course, we've known for quite some time is the case. We've known that he was going to come back as the Antichrist. Okay, so when the abomination of desolation, which is Satan, incarnates into the temple body, standing in the holy place, the temple body is the holy place, the temple body is the holy place, let the reader beware. Let the reader beware. Whenever you see scriptures that are followed up by words like let the reader beware or if you can receive it, Whatever the church believes that means, they're wrong. We have got to learn that it is going to be so – just believe me. I mean, anytime, let the reader beware or if you can receive it. Jesus said, uh, John the Baptist is Elijah. If you can receive it, I'll stop. Think about that for a second. How is it even possible? Ask your local pastor what that means. They won't be able to tell you. I can tell you. I know as a fact what it means. But the problem is the, common, the most common belief system that's out there, the stuff that's you know, being taught in, in churchianity, is not correct. It's not accurate. And, and, and you know what? The, the Elijah, John the Baptist thing, while that's incredibly important when it comes to understanding who we are in the universe of quadrillions of life forms, multiple universes, multiple dimensions, uh, how I mean, this is just so amazing, what, what, the, the whole story about who we are and why we're here on this earth, and the fact that we are truly the aliens here, and that our Bible is extraterrestrial. We're not even native to this world. If you understand what Jesus was talking about when he says that he knew us before the foundations of the earth, we weren't spirit babies floating around in little bubbles in heaven waiting for our chance to be born. That's absolutely ridiculous. People come up with the most silly... Re- <laughs> ideas it's just absolutely amazing as a matter of fact it's so amazing in in uh uh you know uh in in, uh recognition and um uh of uh reverend tracy shellman joining us tonight uh i'm gonna play this is how it makes me feel when i think about how crazy some of the things are that people say about the bible they don't think about what they're reading (laughs) now that's it right there In fact, in fact, in fact, I think it's very important that we go and just take for a moment a small blast from the past. We haven't been doing it enough lately, and I think it's very important that we do it once in a while. So I feel like I'm going to take on the apocalyptic bullet point challenge. Now then. Listen very carefully, because I talk really, really fast. Listen very carefully to every little thing that is said, because all these things are things that are either A, behind us, have already happened, or B, are happening very soon, or C, work in progress. A lot of these things are coming to our doors any moment. But anyway, here they are. Praise God. Okay. All right. Here goes. (sighs) Ready? 
Planet X, Nibiru, Second Sun, FEMA camp, FEMA province, great aliens, alien abductions, FEMA trains, mass race, naked body scanners, fear teams, mind control slaves, Phil Schneider, Dolce Wars, Bob Lazar, reverse engineers, alien spacecraft, Bruce Allen Walton, Utah State Penitentiary, Disclosure Project, Clifford Stone, 50 documented species, Georgia Guidestone, reduced population of 500 million, Islamic Rise, I'm on Mahdi, False Messiah, Operation Garden Plot, MK Ultra, 9-11's Inside Job, Israeli Messiah, Georgia State Collapse, Martin Bush in charge of Securicom, 89-11 Truth, Building 7 Collapses, but not hit by a plane, 77 Ripple Effect, Establishment of Northcom, Elimination of Posse Comitatus, Russian and Chinese troops on American soil, Denver Airport Underground Bunkers, Forces of the Apocalypse, Close Encounters of the Third Time Coordinates, Chief Underground Military Bases, CIA and Key Operations Relocate to Denver, Atlantis, Lemuria, Middle East Muslim Riots, Public Video Surveillance Cameras, Unified Global Control Grid, World Government, NATO, President Directors, 951, National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, No Habeas Corpus, Extraordinary Condition, Military Industrial Complex, Military Extraterrestrial Industrial Complex, Chemtrails, High Frequency Active Aurora Research Program, Heart, Magneto Leviton Train Systems, Genetically Modified Foods, Seed Vaults, Terminator Seeds, Codex Elementarius, Agenda 21, Chip Implants, Ancient Aliens, Anunnaki, Hidden Nukes, Micro Nukes, Bali Micro Nukes, Underwater Pyramids, Foreign Troop Builders, Martial Law, Project Bluebeam, UFOs Around the Sun, Hybridized Humans, Akhenaten Hieroglyphs, Pyramid Shaped UFOs, Super Soldiers, Nanotech, Financial Collapse, International Monetary Fund, Supercurrency, Disclosure Secrecy, Zacharias Fiction, Corruption of the Human Genome, Perfect, Perfectly Possessed Human, Shape Shifting Reptilians, Vibrational Shift, Mainstream Media UFO Reports, Cern Accelerator, God Particle, Effects of a Rogue Planet, Antimatter Accumulator, Stargate, Wormholes, Spirals, Asteroids, Comets, Cosmic Disturbances, UFO Wars in the First Atmosphere, Suns, Heliosphere, Neutrinos, Earth's Core, Earth's Magnetosphere, Third Generation Night Vision Goggles, Earth Wobbles, Electric Orbit, Eccentricity of the Moon, Alien Maces, Energy Orbs, Strange Sound, Sky Trumpets, UFO FBI Documents Release, Economical Religious Initiatives, Pole Shift, 513C, Government Church Controls, Pleiadian Cosmic Visitations, Global Seismic Indicators, Rise of the New Age Police, Indigo Children, Star Children, Kundalini Spirits, Personal Angels, Energy Orbs, Wind Towers, Lightworkers, Galactic Federation of Lies, Financial Collapse, Third Seal, Media Front Loading, Alien Movies, UFOs, Prophetic Movies, Endless Distractions, Earthquakes, Volcanoes, Tornadoes, and Extended Winters, Animal Die-Off, Pandemic, Manufactured Poisons, HIV, H7 and 9, Swine Flu, Ebola, Pineal Gland Destruction, Advanced Bioweapons Release, and Bizarre Chicken Behaviors on the Compound. Because I made this hat from aluminum foil. Where it has a foil line in case an alien's inclined to pro or read your mind. Look a bit peculiar. It's a big conspiracy. The, the limits of debate in this country are. are, are are established before the debate even begins, and everyone else is marginalized. They're made to seem either to be communist or some sort of disloyal person, a kook, there's a word, and now it's conspiracy. See, they've made that something that, that, is, that is, should, should not be even entertained for a minute, that powerful people might get together and have a plan. Doesn't happen. You're a kook. You're a conspiracy buff. There's a big conspiracy. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> That last part is kind of scary. It sounds like a, I don't know, like a monster movie or something. Don't you kids agree? <laughs> ah, praise God. But yeah, the, um, you know, once in a while I'll take a three-day weekend and um, I won't do the prayer vigil, so I can actually have a three-day weekend. And and and, um, and and it has nothing to do with not loving to do the prayer vigil. In fact, it's one of my favorite, if not my very favorite. I don't know. I like doing all the shows. Um, but it is the one thing that comes along with doing this particular job for the Lord is that 
when you're plugged in to the end times, uh, uh, you know, now, at the days that we're in currently, okay, uh, there's a lot of ugly out there, okay, and, and it's like, super duper really bad ugly and um and you know i you know without getting into the grotesque details and we have covered all of these ugly subjects over the last 11 years in some cases we've done entire shows on some of the uh you know like the illuminati and all that kind of creepy weirdness and the things they have to do in the vatican and the catacombs when they're 12 years old and all that kind of you know and satanic ritual abuse and and we've had pre- you know preachers and and various people and victims of srad it is a concentrated show but it's another thing when you're actually living in the midst of some of the darkest times the world has ever seen which is where we are right now and that um it, it's a transition it's a it's a it's a challenging transition to get to the place where you and this is where we all i i really believe with all of my heart ultimately need to get to and that is a place where we are okay with it to, to really get on our knees and sincerely seek the Lord and to tell him, listen, Father, if I have anything that I, that I got to get rid of in my life, if there's something I'm holding on to, if there's something, you know, I, I, I sometimes it scares me a little bit, you know, but, but I, I got to face up to it. I got to man up, you know, in, in the name of Jesus. But, you know, sometimes I'll just say, Father, Lord Jesus, if there's something that you got to do, if there's something I've got to go through, if there's something horrible that I've got to go through, you know, the refiner's fire, if you will, to get me to where I need to be. And um, when I collectively look at, you know, and, and, and to close my point out on the prayer vigil, sometimes I just feel I need to disconnect totally from the radio show just for a couple of days to get, you know, put my feet up or I, whatever, go to, you know, what some people in Florida would say, you know, go to the beach or go hiking or whatever the case is, just to totally disconnect, you know. And um, but a lot, most of the time I don't want to. Uh, most of the time I look forward, I would say about 98 whatever uh a lot uh, the vast majority of the time i'm always looking i'm looking forward to the program even though it means that i got to fully plug back in uh sometimes that plugging back in is uh therapeutic and it really helps me because when you do come to the place where you recognize that the depth of the darkness that we're swimming in right now uh in the end times is a victory for us okay that and that's a tough transition because when you look at all the ugly and the stuff and depending on the threat of the nukes and the oh should i buy potassium iodide tablets and what are we going to do and all the fighting and the stuff that's going on out there all around us and we recognize what's coming or at least the threat of what's coming and we and we know it is going to eventually come because we have prophecy dreams and visions and the bible that tells us that it is okay and so but we don't know the timing and we don't know for sure if we're going to be here and what part of it we're going to be here for the one thing that we can say with a with a high level of certainty is that it's reasonable that the entire bride of jesus christ is going to be here at least until the global financial collapse has come to its i don't know what you would call it the peak of its collapse okay and uh you know it's in progress we can see all you know i've got headlines right here that are talking about the grain shipments coming out of the ukraine stopping uh because russia's stopping them but they're not they're stopping them for all the right reasons unfortunately the side effect is a lot of people are going to suffer but that's exactly what the antichrist wants the antichrist is sitting there he's behind the scenes sometimes he's in the front of the scenes right now he's out there i mean it's obama there's no doubt about it it hasn't changed 
Okay, so we so he's pulling the strings and he's causing all these things. Everybody's out there saying things like, "Well, I think you know." There's all these pundits out there saying things like, well, "I just think the United States is making a lot of unwise decisions," and Joe Biden this and Joe Biden. And it's like it's Joe Biden nothing. Joe Biden nothing. Okay, he's he's a shape shifting reptilian inside of a I don't know his carcass of some type. Look at his eyes; they're solid black. He's completely gone. He's not even a, a shell of a human being. Now, but Obama, on the other hand, that's a whole different story. And he is pulling, he is manipulating the things that are happening to an end. And that end is the destruction of the West. Okay, that's the goal here. When you realize that the destruction of the West is the goal, then everything makes sense. Everything that you see, all the sanctions on Russia, people will say things like, golly, it sure looks like the United States is kind of cutting its own nose off to spite its face, and why ain't the Dickens is Europe doing everything that they you – know. no, that's, this, is, this is part of the plan. This has been part of the plan. This has been part of the plan for hundreds of years. Anybody who understands the new Atlantis, Sir Francis Bacon, the fact that he was a Rosicrucian, understands mainly P. Hall's right, the secret destiny of America, anybody who understands the things that the Satanists have been saying they were going to do for all, what, and you're like, but wait a minute, God is in control. He's in control until he decides not to be. Read your book of Job. The book of Job is a golden gem amidst many of the Bible uh, you know, uh, books because it gives us the secret sauce for understanding how our Heavenly Father, when it says in Second Thessalonians 2, I don't know, like verse 3 or something like that, it says, until he that restrains is taken out of the way. What do you think that is? That's our Heavenly Father. That's heaven's resources, heaven's angels, heaven's power, our, God, our Heavenly Father's authority. Okay, these are, this, this is the stuff that we have the power to call down. Now to him who is able to keep, uh, got the wrong scripture, uh, uh, Philippians 3.20, Philippians 3.20, uh, hold on a second, um, I'm having a brain bramage here real quick. Um, uh, uh, well, let me just go ahead and pull it up. 320. I, this was one I rattle off all the time. Oh, um, oh that's not the one I want. Um, oh, Dickens. Uh, which one is it now? If it's not Philippians 320. Oh, it's Ephesians 320. Yeah, E-P-320. All right, hold on a second. Let me make sure I type it so this. Yeah. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Stop. Think. Think. You know who the him is? It's Jesus. And then it goes on to say he was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Do you think that's a lot? It's a lot more than I can think. <laughs> I've got a pretty vivid of imagination, don't I, kids? <laughs> okay. That's pretty much that's that's pretty that's a lot. <laughs> Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's a lot. That is a lot. How a lot do you think that is? On a scale of 1 to 20, do you think it's, what, 18, 19? Could it be 500? <laughs> yeah, you were right on the 500. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, we've got to be able to walk in a state of humility and trust in the Lord. That We've got to go through the refiner's fire. We've got to go through the ugly times. If we don't go through, the, we should be begging God for us to go through. If we need to go through ugly times, now's the time to do it. You don't want to wait until later, believe me. You want to get it out of the way, go through your refiner's fire, ask Jesus, say, Father, be brave. 
It takes a lot of courage because you know what? If if you know if you got to go through the refinery, it's not fun. Going through the refiner's fire is worse than being chastened. Okay, I'm here to tell you first in. And you know what? If we have to go through some more refiner's fire, then now's as good a time as any. Because the one thing we don't want to miss is we don't want to miss that first fruits, first watch barley harvest. That's for sure. Because this earth is going to be shook. Mm-mm, mm-mm. That great earthquake in Revelation 6, verse 12 is a lot greater than you think it is. Mm-hmm. It is uh, almost an extinction-level event, but not quite. But you, a lot of the people that are on the earth are going to wish it was. All right? It's going to be really bad. It's the kickoff of the day of the Lord, which happens in you know the sixth seal. Pretty clear. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be a lot of bad stuff, too going to be a lot of bad stuff. I would submit that probably several hundred million people across the world will die when that earthquake takes place because it's triggered by a meteor that smashes into the uh, Atlantic Ocean just off the coast of Puerto Rico, which is going to wipe out 22 million people on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great, just for starters. Never mind the fact that it will also cause the collapse of the La Palma volcanic mountain, which will cause a double mega tsunami that hits the east coast of the United States. And it's going to go right up into the Allegheny Mountains. All right. Um, And and, uh, not all the way up, but... It's, you know, if you have a 3D relief map, you, you'll be able to see the damage area. But think about it. That, 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 that's, that's okay. Not only that, but that, that great earthquake occurs in, in, in Ezekiel 38. So what does that tell you? Ezekiel 38, the, the city with, 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 uh, without, you know, with no walls. The city with no walls in Ezekiel 38 is the United States of Babylon the Great. It is this country. All right? And that's very important because a lot of churchianity misinterprets that, and they try to make it some other place like the Vatican or whatever, which it isn't. Okay? And, and the, point, the point is that that's World War III in progress. Everybody says – everybody thinks you know, we get so Israel-centric sometimes in our analysis, our, our ex, exegetical exercises of trying to understand the Bible, that we miss. We just flat out miss. Oh, but the United States is blessed by God, don't you see? Because of one verse in the Bible that says, you know, that talks about the Abrahamic blessings, and if you bless me, me I will bless you. And so, so, the, so churchianity just walks around in their once saved, always saved fog, and they tell everybody, well, you know, there's one verse. Never mind there's, you know, 31,102 verses of the text, you know, in the, in the biblical translations with, uh, that come from the Textus Receptus, okay? But that one verse... That, that's the one I'm holding on to. That one there I'm tattooing on my uh, hand here because I want to make sure that I live in a country that is blessed by God to the very end. Well, then you better, you better get out of this one. And I don't know if Russia has any uh, openings over there, but they're, they're actually sounding a lot better lately than we have been. Uh, praise God. But anyway, uh, it is the power that works in us. We've got to come to that place of humility. We've got to come to that place where we are comfortable with being uncomfortable. When you can get to a place where you're comfortable with being uncomfortable, it is almost invariably going to be because you have, are truly starting to come to trust God. And when you come to really trust him, that allows you to navigate really scary stuff. Okay, you understand where I'm, you know, uh, uh, for example, I believe it's uh, Psalm 112, verse 7, I think it is. Uh, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Right. There's gazillions of these. There's scriptures like, you know, about trust. Do do a word study on the word trust and it, it will bless you, but it will also challenge you. 
because it's one thing to have lip service trust. Oh, I trust God. I mean, for, for heaven's sake, I trust God. I mean, why wouldn't I trust God? No, 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 no. You're completely missing the point. Until you are put into a place of discomfort where you are, where, where the outcome is horrific, you don't even want to consider it it's so bad, and you're living it on a day-to-day basis, and, and you're like, you come to a place where you have no other place that you, to turn to except Jesus. That's the place that we all need to be in right now. We need to be fighting our way toward that. We need to be praying fervently about it. We need to be seeking our Father about it. We need to be waking up and praising Jesus in the midst of the storm and acknowledging what has happened and transpired in our lives. We need to look back upon our lives, be aware of the many miracles and all the times that God has rescued us and saved us. And we've got to acknowledge those and know that he's not going to let us down in the future to come. But we might have to go through some pretty bumpy roads. That's the thing is we have a tendency, you know, we, we don't, we got to remember that Abraham, somebody, I forget who pointed this out to me, that they sent me, I, sh- I knew it, okay, but I didn't make the connection. But the connection is brilliant. You know, why is it that it seems like, and invariably always is, that God God comes at the very last second. The, it's, it's the whole Abraham deal. You know, Abraham and Isaac and, and the knife in the air and just split second before he's going to you know, bring the knife down. That's all of what we all have to go through. That's the journey. God's going to come through for you, but he's going to come. He wants you to trust him, and he wants you to demonstrate your trust in him through praise, worship, and choosing being happy. Because you know what? That, we're supposed to have the joy. We've got to have the joy because we've got to have the salt. If we don't have the salt, then we're not very valuable to Jesus. Right? So it's a, it is a transition, especially in the days that we're in right now, and that's where that's the place that we want to work very hard through prayer, through worship, through praise, through uh, the renewing of our minds, which comes you know uh, in in many different uh, packages, and you know I mean the, the re, it's not it's 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 it, it's all of the above. It's all of the above that helps us ultimately to renew our mind. If you're not going through the refiner's fire, how are you going to renew your mind? You're just going to stay the same as you are, same as it ever was, right? All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, so I don't want, don't want to mess up uh, my timing here, which you know, when I get off on a tangent like this, I um, I like to talk about the Lord. I like to talk about the Bible. I like to talk about the scriptures. I like to talk about the end times. I like to talk about the fact that we're in the middle of it. I like to talk about the fact that we're almost ready to leave. Hallelujah. And I want to definitely encourage people to understand that, you know, I'm going through the journey. I'm not here to tell you, you know, I don't want to bum you out. You know, what we got to do is get past the bummed out part and we got to look at things through heavenly eyes. Right. Praise God. So anyway, on that note, kids, you guys want to hear a couple of jokes? Praise God, kids. Where would you find an elephant? Where would you find an elephant? Think about it hard. Huh? Where'd you? Okay. The same place you left her. <laughs> right over there on the, you know. Oh, I know. You're probably thinking like India or whatever. That's that's not a bad answer. Kids, how much does it cost a pirate to get their, their ears pierced? About a... Buccaneer. <laughs> right, kids? I'm with you. I know. It's, it's okay. All right, kids. What is worse than raining cats and dogs? What's worse than raining cats and dogs? Healing taxis. Look out. Here comes one. 
Tailing tactics. That's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, in a weird way, it's kind of funny, too. All right, praise God. And on that note, let's go ahead and head straight into the news. Otherwise, I'll be babbling long past eight. I want to get um, uh, Reverend Tracy Shellman on the program uh, at, at a decent hour, you know, because I got to go to bed and get up really early in the morning. And she has to stay up all night like she does all the time and praise God and study the Bible. I don't know. She, she, I think she's a late person. But anyway, praise God. Let's go into the news. Ladies and gentlemen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And while I was playing the sound effects, I was supposed to be adjusting my screen here, but I didn't. So naughty, naughty, pants on fire, shame on me. Oh, no. Uh, Hold on a second. I just uh, pressed the wrong button, and my show notes jumped about 200 pages the wrong direction. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here we go. All right. Donald Trump talks election integrity with Dinesh D'Souza. Okay, and this, you know, the, the, what are they talking about? They're basically they're they're promoting a video where Donald Trump actually had a conversation with this fellow Dinesh D'Souza, uh, who is a consp- you know like 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 oh, hey, we'll just say uh, he's labeled as a conspiracy theorist. No, no big surprise there. But here's the thing that's interesting about this: the reason why I put this up here is I I want just a li- I'm I'm asking for a, an intellectual exercise from the listening audience. First, if you have not heard of 2,000 Mules and you have not watched the movie that is available at 2,000 Mules, that's 2000 Mules, M-U-L-E-S, dot com, then you're missing out. And yes, they're going to charge you 20 bucks. But if you're one of those people that occasionally goes to an AMC theater and spends about that much money to watch whatever you're watching, um, and you haven't spent the 20 bucks to watch 2000Mules.com, shame on you. Shame on you. Okay, this is very, very important stuff. You need to see it. All right. Now, here is the exercise in intellectual acuity that I'm going to pose to you in in regard to the to the progression of the end times. Okay, that's a big deal to me. Anything that has to do with the progression of the end times is very, very it is like of paramount importance to me because I'm just doggone sick and tired of being here on this alien demon infested rock. Okay, now, on the other hand, you know, I haven't been sitting on my hands for the last 12 years either. All right. Praise Jesus. So, you know, there. But but on the other hand, if the Lord wants me to hang out and tarry and do whatever he wants me to do and I'm got a feeling that he does, then in that case, you know, praise his name. All right. Um, But 2000meals.com proves beyond any shadow of a doubt that there was an unspeakably large, unbelievable, words cannot describe how big the fraud event was when, uh, during the last election. Now, the intellectual exercise associated with this is this. Why? Now, I'm telling you, any, as a matter of fact, just to give you an example, the legislature of the state of Texas, the Republicans in the legislature of the state of Texas went together to watch 2000mules.com. They, they heard about it. They said it was, you know, earth-shattering information, and they went and they viewed it, 
and then they went back to the congressional chambers and they wrote up what's called a um yeah i don't know what, it's, what the term is uh, uh resolution that's the term i was looking for they wrote up a, a, a republican re- resolution in the in the congress of the state of texas that said that uh be it resolved the election that occurred between donald trump and joe the reptilian biden uh, there's so many reps. We're, we're, there's so many reptilians out there, folks. It's, it's in the Bible. It's in the Testament of Reuben from the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, anyway, whatever. So here's the exercise. Why? That that came out like, was, a, was it a year ago? Was it eight months ago? I don't know when it was. I'd have to go back and look it up. But wh- why hasn't it changed the world? Why is nobody paying it any attention? Is it because of the faked, uh, you know, staged event of January 6th? I mean, yes, there were people that went inside the building, and yes, they were waved on by, you know, uh, uh, black operators and stuff, you know, and and, and uh, very sick, very twisted. Yes, there were mind control, you know, radio systems that are mounted on poles. Yes, they had facial recognition. Yes, it was a total setup. But at the end of the day, is it fear of getting, you know, having Nancy Pelosi parachute into your house and go, I've caught you finally. I've always wanted to put you in jail. What's going on? Think about it. Conclusive evidence. Indisputable. Jury dismissed. Hmm. Well. Well, I'm just here to say, I mean, think about it. it should, really, it should, have, it should be over. It should be game over. But it's not. It's not. Do you think the Republican red you know, wave is going to change the world pretty soon or not? Do you think the Dominion voting machines that are out there by the gazillions that are all hacked with Python code and foreign IP addresses and everything else, do you think those are going to matter, do you? Do you think the Generation X, Zers, and Millennials that uh, make about a million of the voters roughly in this country, that 60% of the church thinks it's okay for you to kill a baby? You think they're out there protesting about the reversal of Roe versus Wade and the fact that they didn't get They don't want to pay their college. I mean, and they're going to be voting. On top of the fraud, on top of the Dominion machines, on top of all the other stuff, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? I would be very, very surprised. Now, I understand the mercy of God, but I'm just saying I would be very, very surprised that our Heavenly Father would have allowed the Antichrist to to destroy the West. The West is basically all of Europe, the United States of Babylon the Great, Australia, and New Zealand. For the most part, which, by the way, is about 25%, 25% of the earth, a quarter of the earth, which, by the way, happens to be the part that, you know, the pale horse, behold a pale horse, the four seal, says basically 25% of the earth, a quarter of the earth. Ha! Well, looky there! Another newspaper reading of the Bible that lines right up with the things that are happening on the earth. I'm so surprised! No, I'm not. Next one up. World Net Daily reports, school district survey asks 11-year-olds about their blankety-blank identity and transgender status. Kids, y'all need to vacate the room, put your hands over your ears immediately, and run for it. 
Okay, I did say blankety blank. You can stay. It's all right. <laughs> you just want me to play drunk Batman again, I think. That's what I'm thinking. So, Because, you know, I, you're always looking for the... <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. Spanky. Spanky, if you press a soundboard button again, you're in big trouble, kid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey. Okay. All right, now. All right. Okay, here. This Kids, I'm sorry. This is for you. This is for you. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, uh, no, no, no. Kids, here, this is for you. How about this? Uh, you like that now? Okay. I don't want a kid revolt. I don't want a kid revolt. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You can stay. All of you all can stay. All right. Next one up. Pathologist reports that spike protein in COVID vaccines triggers cancers and clots and blah, blah, and this, that, and the other thing and every other thing. And you know what? They're right. You're good. (laughs) Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. All right, praise God. Russian lawmakers pass a bill to ban propaganda of non-traditional blankety-blank relations. You know, LGBT, LMNOP, QRS, TUV, ABCD. Oh, wait a minute. we got to throw in the Chinese alphabet. Doesn't that have like 600 characters or something like that? I, I, um, uh, I feel like a cat. Yeah, yeah. Put a litter box in the high school uh, restroom for me. I'll, you know, what the? I mean, but anyway. You know what? So here, so here you got Russia basically outlawing anything that has to do with LGBT, LMNOP. And what do we got here? We got like the United States. I'm so glad I'm not in the Navy right now. I would have to like break some massive federal law. I would never. I mean, the chief, isn't it the chief of naval operations is like some kind of an LGBT, LMNO trans something or another? What's that all about? I and, and and the head of the energy department. That, or, no, it's, no, it's not. That's Butikeg. Who's the other one? The, there's there's another one. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And they and they stand together and they're happy to be what they are. And then Russia and three hundred thousand troops look at the picture and go. <sighs> Lord, give me long-suffering. I can only imagine. (laughs) And by the way, everything you've heard about Russia, everything you've heard about Putin, it's a lie. Putin used to be a taxi cab driver. (laughs) Putin came up through the ranks as a regular Russian guy. Okay, People don't understand Russian history. At all, because we've been lied to every single year of our lives here in Babylon the Great, because there's an evil Russian empire. The thing is, if you go back and you study Russia under World War II, and you have the, the, the – so, the, people will say, well, Stalin was very evil, and he, cre- he committed terrible atro- atrocities. Do you know – do you know that over 20 million civilians – died in Russia. 20 million civilians died in Russia during World War II. Next one up. 
Rising United States nitrogen exports to Europe create domestic scarcity for American farmers and Dutch farmers and French farmers and Italian farmers and uh, Belgian farmers and um, Iceland farmers and... Oh, I guess we don't have enough time to cover all 195 major countries, 243 if you include the island nations. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Medical board strips Dr. Peter McCullough, by the way, who is extremely famous, very well known, has spoken in front of incredibly large governmental bodies and ruling entities or well, those that think they rule, like the United Nations. But anyway, um, and they just got – they took away his doctorate, it, or his license. But that's what they do. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, it's whatever. I I tried as hard. I, you know, what I don't want to. You know, it's kind of like here's the cool thing is that we got Jesus, and when you have Jesus and the power of Jesus and the name of Jesus and the trust in the God, then guess what? We are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians three twenty. Okay. So when you get that, it's kind of like oh, I'm just here, kind of. Passing by, watching a movie, bringing some people along to glorify our Father in heaven and all that kind of stuff. But we're not really, this isn't, we're not part of all this stuff. All right? Next one up. United States potential willingness to heed Russia's concerns could be a platform for the Putin-Biden talk. Now, let me translate what this means. Russia is extending an olive branch to the United States of Babylon the Great. They are saying, we are willing to talk about this situation over in the Ukraine. Would you meatheads please pay attention to us? But they don't understand. They're talking to a reptilian that Obama is the Antichrist. He is behind the scenes, and this has been planned for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and it is inside of our Holy Bible. If they knew that, well, you know. But here you have that uh, nobody pays any attention anyways, because that would stop them from doing what they're master plan is, which is what they are actually doing. Okay, They're just using Russia as a scapegoat, and along the way, they're, you know, working as hard as they can to get them to, you know, respond. All right, next one up. Praise God. Millions at risk of climate displacement in the Middle East. Now, let's clarify. Millions at least, <laughs> millions are, hundreds of millions are at risk of climate displacement across the entire world. That is a better statement. Okay? <laughs> it's just how it is. Oh, it drives me nuts because, you know, part of the Republican people slash entities that are out there um, is like, uh, oh, that climate change is that it's not actually happening. And I'm like, you really need to snap out of it. I don't know what you got into underneath the sink what green fluid you've been chugging but your brain is rotting out and you're obviously not paying any attention and if you think you're a christian you better start reading the olivet discourse hallelujah all right next one up iraq enduring the worst drought since 1930 let's keep on going it's so exciting here terrifying strong hailstorm breaks off the nose of a jet in paraguay and it has to do an emergency landing i was i'm so glad i wasn't on that one boy that would have been freaky you know it's it's one thing to have the plane just do a nosedive right into the ocean that'd be kind of exciting almost like going down on a roller coaster ride and you could just like stand up in the plane because you know the inertia and you could say everybody the bible says that all those who call out upon the name of the lord shall be saved acts 2 verse uh, 21 anybody in with me <laughs> but let me see you could probably bring 175 to 220 people along with you to heaven if they all cry out to jesus 
Jesus at that last moment. Praise God. But yeah, having like hail and blasting the plane apart into bits and you're like, no, I don't think I would want to be. It's kind of like going through the end times in slow motion like we're all going through right now, right? You know, when something bad's going to happen to you, don't you just want to get it over? You know, if you're like, you know, like ripping off a Band-Aid, you know, oh, man. oh, I'm in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. You know, that would be cool. Or if you're in the United Kingdom or probably Canada, they call it a plaster. <laughs> okay. Where do they come up with these names? My mum, and I'm going to hospital. I mean, you, you left out the preposition. You, whatever. All right, next one up. Polar blast hits Colorado. Snowflakes fly in Denver as heavy snow piles up in the Rockies. Wait a minute. How'd that make it in here? That always happens. That's every single year. Next one up. Soul Halloween tragedy amongst the worst crushes in memory. That's a bad thing that happened. I kept seeing the numbers going up, going up, going up, going up, going up. And I was like, you know, some of the most horrific mass killings, events that happen are just people being people. It's scary to think about how take, – take that. Take the average intellectual capacity of the average human, which is probably about that of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and, and then multiply it times millions, and then multiply it times civil war and you know paratrooping Russian soldiers and all kinds of stuff. Can you imagine? I mean, it is oh, – we've got to get out of here, folks. I mean, we've got to serve the Lord now. Pray, pray, pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Obama offers closing message. As political tensions rise in the United States, there's lots of Obama messages right now. Here's another headline. Mainstream news, CNN. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I actually said the word. I've got to wash myself. I've got to get – let me think. Uh, a Christmas story is it's, it's coming up on the season where we all are going to be watching the, you know, the Red Rider BB gun thing. Um, I think it is um, – it, it's a life boy. That's the one. That's, I need life boy. Whenever I say C blank blank, I got to stick like a, a red life boy bar of soap in my mouth. <laughs> oh, kids, what do you think? I don't know. I know. <laughs> but anyway, Obama's everywhere. Here's an Obama. There's an Obama. Everywhere's an Obama bomb. Remember? Uh, Newsweek magazine, <laughs> second coming, Obama. And then there was another one that is like God of all things. Oh, my gosh. And uh, just, so I mean, we wanna, Anyway, we're there. Hallelujah. Next one up. Epic Times reports, lawyers prepare to sue any state that requires COVID-19 vaccination to attend a school. So they're getting ready because the CDC and these evil monsters who are trying to murder everybody are getting ready to make it, put it on the vaccination schedule for the, the kids that got to go to school. Of course, why wouldn't they? They, they? Really, what they want to do is chop their heads off and drink their blood. But, you know, if they can't do that, they're just going to kill them with a needle. All right, next one up. The battle of Ron and Ron, the simmering DeSantis and Trump feud set to explode after the rally snub. All right, you know what? I don't even know if any of this is true. I'm not paying attention to any of it because I frankly don't care. But I will say this. The worst thing that could ever happen would be that DeSantis and Trump in front of the rest. You know, first off, Trump's popularity is so humongous that it DeSantis is like um, a non-event. OK, but I'm not going to get into all that. It's never a good thing to have two 
potentially popular Republican candidates fighting against each other right before it, it, it doesn't it doesn't do any good. Solidarity is what does good. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one. Focus on Christian nationalism is a smokescreen, and the real threat is neo-Marxism. Christian scholars say. <laughs> the real threat is known as Satan, Lucifer, the devil, the beast. Uh, the, you know, the, <laughs> let's, let's get it straight here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. LewRockwell.com. It says the World Health Order, uh, Organization assembles superpowers with one health plan. Be advised. They have it uh, currently scheduled for 2024 to go into effect. And when this does go into effect, and it probably will, but we'll see. But when it does go into effect, the United States of Babylon the Great is going to sign up for it. And when they do, this is going to be a law, an act that is global in nature, and countries through treaties will sign up, and this country will, and it will allow the law enforcement entities from the bowels of Sheol to bust down your front door and force vaccinations on you or take you away to an evil camp. Okay? This is queued up. Do you want to be here for that? I don't. Next one up. I'm not even going to say that. I'm skipping that headline. Next one up. Now the NBA, Now the end begins reports. Just in case you're confused about what Halloween is actually all about, go to Michael's Craft Stores because they have created a nice satanic display to clear up any confusion that you might have. Next one up. Praise God. Huge COVID vaccine injury payments explode in Australia more than 80 times higher than last year. But does it matter to them? No, they're just going to go ahead and pay it and continue to stick everybody in the arm. Uh, they, they, Australia is one of the countries that, that literally you could not work at all. Not Nothing. Nothing. Zero zip nada. You had to walk through the street and literally, I mean, to you, no food for you, no nothing for you, no house for you, no rent for you, no feeding your kids for you. You take the jab or we stick you in a camp. Now, Australia was like a practice session for the FEMA camps. All right. Pretty horrible thing to have to go through. I wonder how. I don't even want to go to into that. All right. Next one up. Russia halts participation in a Ukraine a grain agreement. And you're like, all oh, those evil Russians, why would they do that? The reason why they did it was because they had an agreement to bring their ships in, fill them with grain, and take the grain to other places in the world, including Africa and the Middle East and other, you know, so that they could feed people and that they wouldn't starve to death. But these Nazis in the Ukraine were blowing up the ships. Russia said, well, what's the point? Why should we back up these huge, you know, sh ships and fill them with gazillions of tons of grain to help the nations eat, okay? And then you got the United States of Babylon and their 101st Airborne and CIA and these contract murderers wearing fake uh, Ukrainian outfits and pretending like they're part and then they're blowing up ships Putin, look they know they know that they're fighting the United States. Putin and his military uh, leaders all of them, they know they're fighting the, the United States of America now granted it could be through a Polish soldier it could be through a Belgium soldier it could be through anyone, it could be Canadian soldier. I just had a, a listener of the program uh, recently reach out to me and say, please pray for my son, Michael, or whatever, because he was getting conscripted to go over to the Ukraine from 
Yes, you guessed it, Trudeau's 35 million person empire. Now, I, I prefer to think of Canada as a very nice place with lots of beavers that say, welcome to Canada, welcome to Canada, welcome to Canada, and an occasional moose going through your front yard. And, you know, one of those pesky grizzly bears knocking on your door for a little bit of turkey. But that's a little bit better than the, you know, I don't know. Now, that's probably worse than the bumpkiss dogs. I think if I had to take a choice between the bumpkiss dogs and a grizzly. No, it would definitely be the bumpkiss dogs. I like dogs. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right. North Korea fires two missiles into the sea. South Korea wraps up as, as South Korea wraps up its military drills. So basically, they're just taking all of their armament and they're firing them. And everybody's a rocket man now. The Seoul, Seoul South Korea is a rocket man, and North Korea is a rocket man, and the United States is helping them all right along, of course, because we want to do everything that we can to antagonize North Korea so that North Korea will start to fire on South Korea, because that would be part of the master plan. Next one up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The, the Sun Report. Pentagon rushes hypersonic missile tests and upgrades nuclear bombs in Europe hours after Putin stages World War III drills. But get this. What they didn't say was that the Ministry of Defense of Russia put out a, uh, a, a request to the West and said, we are requesting that there be a de-escalation and that nuclear bombs are removed out of the European theater. I think that's absolutely brilliant. But you know what? Instead, we decided that we're going to deploy B-61-12 nuclear bombs all over Europe. So that was our answer to Russia's request that we de-escalate the situation. Oh, you want us to de-escalate, do you? Well, how about this? We're going to send hypersonic versions of the B-61-12 nuclear bomb over there. We're going to upgrade everything. It's exacerbating sometimes. But anyway, next one up. Russia, Russia says the United States is lowering the nuclear threshold with newer bombs in Europe. So basically, they're be, they, they saw what we did. They saw our answer, and they said, you know what? What they did was they said, you know that little clock that you guys put up? It's called the doomsday clock, and you're like, you know, it's like uh, 60 seconds to midnight. No, it's 58 seconds to midnight. No, it's 55 seconds to midnight. No, it's 42 seconds to midnight. And they're, they're running out of time. They're running out of time. And, but we all know that, don't we, kids? Yeah. Because that means we get to go home. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. Next one up. The United States accelerates plans to send upgraded nuclear weapons to Europe, and Russia continues to threaten the Ukraine, according to reports. We discovered that three headlines in a row, three different sources. Pretty big deal. Ukrainians could freeze to death this winter, according to the Kiev mayor. So could a lot of other people. Thank you, Obama. Thank you, Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. Thank you, World Economic Forum. Thank you, Blue Blood uh, evil entities that work on the board of directors of Satan. Thank you, evil. But you know what? We're not from here, and we're not staying here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Mexico to boost trade ties with Russia. Now Mexico is jumping on the BRICS bandwagon. Biden is not interested in a dialogue with Russia. As U.S. sees Moscow only as a threat. You're good. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. World Health Organization issues a warning on a massive outbreak of tuberculosis. Is it monkeypox? Is it tuberculosis? Is it RVS or whatever for the kids under five? Uh, just it, oh, it's just that we're in stunning strategy reversal. Listen to this. In a stunning strategy reversal, this is what's known as war doctrine, 
the United States of America has publicly released, e.g. the Pentagon, will no longer rule out the use of nuclear weapons against a non-nuclear threat. I'm going to repeat this one more time. The Pentagon will no longer, the Pentagon, the Pentagon of the United, the Pentagram, I'm sorry, did I say Pentagon? I meant Pentagram. Wait a minute. It looks like a Pentagram, but they call it the Pentagon. Pentagram, Pentagon, Pentagram, Pentagon. Pentag- I need to go back to geology or ge- ge- geography or whatever they call it. What, what is it? What is it called? I can't even remember. I know it's what's trig and then, I don't know, but is it a Pentagram or a Pentagon? I don't know. But anyway, they're saying that they're not going to rule out the use of nuclear weapons, even against countries that don't have them. Huh? (laughs) What? Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Reverend Tracy Shellman. Hallelujah. Here we go. Reverend Chalman, are you there? I am, Johnny. Hey, good evening. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. <laughs> oh my goodness, what a show! What a what a what a lot of stuff to be thinking about. My goodness, and um, I just, on a personal note, the term you are looking for is nocturnal, and yes, I am that, and um, I do you my are. best work. I <laughs> nocturnal for yeah, sure. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm an early to bed, early to rise, are. makes a man healthy, wealthy, and dumb as a box of rocks. Ask anybody, they'll <laughs> tell you. <laughs> but anyway. And secondly, um, Morgan is, you know, if you were, if you allowed um, a fan club, he would be the president of it. But he was, um, he's in the other room listening, and um, so he appreciated Drunk Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's actually some guy or something doing that. Well, obviously, but, yeah. you know, somebody sent me a video. Yeah, yeah I, I, whatever. To me, it's just yeah, like. it's fun. It's how I feel. I mean, really, the the, the audio, the the whole, it's it's just the most perfect sound effect for how I feel when I look at all this news and everything. It's just oh, it just I makes know. it just. I, I feel like I have a friend out there. You know? <laughs> I just I I play that sound effect and I suddenly I just don't feel as alone. In the world, anymore, yes. you know, yes. <laughs> like, yes. someone else drug that major spirit animal. That's funny. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me and inviting me back on, and I always love to be with you and your listeners. And um, so, amen. Wow, that was a fast show. Well, thank you for joining us, Reverend Shelman. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, the key word for the is evening very... is pissy. Did <laughs> so you say pissy? The, um, this is a very important message, by the way. Living yeah. with a heavenly perspective. We were talking about this offline, and you know what? This is deep. This is as deep Amen. as it is wide. It really is. So I am 
super blessed to have you share the, these concepts um, uh, with everybody because it is I, honest to goodness, I honestly believe with all of my heart that it is the only way we are going to be able to sustain our walk with the holiness, the righteousness, and the quality of being like Jesus in the days of head, ahead. Because it right. can get pretty scary there. And if we're running through the Which streets with our hair on fire, screaming like a 15-year-old girl, then guess what? We're not being like Jesus. This is not Jesus. Okay, I'm just yes. giving you an example of what Jesus wouldn't do, <laughs> you know. Right. And so, and there's Among a lot others. of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Well, if you'd like, um, uh, and you know, this this message has been evolving and um, over some weeks now, and it actually <clears throat> each message is attacking two or three. Of the 28 ways, and I picked 28 um, because 28 is God's biblical numeric for eternal life. And so um, if if we are willing to, and it's interesting because I have a prophetic word, actually three that the Lord um, has given me for the listeners and uh, sprinkled throughout, and one of them he ends if you can receive it. So when you said that, well, okay, well, I'm, 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 I'm on track here. Um, but if we will lay up, if we will live on earth from that heavenly perspective, that is our laying up treasures in heaven. And what we're doing from that posture is how we reap in the earth. But I, I don't want to get ahead of, you want me to open up in prayer? Is that okay? Okay, here we go. Oh, yes, Heavenly yes, Father, yes, yes. I thank you. I, I, Amen. I apologize. Amen. I, thank you, Lord. I could hear no you. I was just grabbing more water. That's all. <laughs> no worries. No okay. worries. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for the times in which we're living. While um, things are um, chaotic in some some regards, in many regards, Lord, we we know that this is the greatest time to be alive. We are experiencing things that prophets looked into and wished that they could experience as well. Many of the prophets knew, and the Lord's, your word tells us that um, they knew that it wasn't for them but for us. And we're honored that you have um, called your remnant for such a time as this. And so, Lord, we just pray right now that your word go forth into the hearts of those that are listening those that will be listening on the playback, we thank you, Lord God, that that you are not bound by time, space, and matter, Lord God, but that this word and this time together is anointed and ordained of you and will be as anointed and ordained as someone on a island somewhere a week from now or somewhere in the mountain ranges uh, in uh, two weeks from now, Lord, I thank you. A day from now, I thank you, Lord God, that every time someone signs on to hear this, Lord God, they are going to be encouraged and infused with courage and bravery to endure and to continue and to persevere. For we must persevere to the end. For all who endure to the end shall be saved in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Well, 
a few thoughts. Um, and again, um, as I was pulling some things off of um, the compilation of what the Lord's been giving me over the past few months, um, he began to speak prophetically. And so I have those jotted down. So that means that the Lord wants to speak to us. And so therefore I went from a teaching mode today thinking, well, I'll just teach a couple of things to just really wanting to impart and to encourage, because I'm telling you, no matter what God says, no matter what the Lord says to the spirit of prophecy, even if it's hellfire and brimstone, it is encouraging because everything he says is good, everything he does is good, and um, and we are going to love what he does no matter what we have to go through to, to um, get to the end. So, hallelujah. Um, but one thing is, um, you know, as I'm listening to, my God, I, I mean, just to try to wrap my head around just the news portion, and you hammered that out in, in, a, in about 15 minutes, but just to get 20 minutes, just to get wrap my head around that, um, it, it is imperative, like you said, that we be like Christ. Um, it this whole thing, this whole Christendom, this whole earth world earthly experience in the name of the Lord is nothing if we don't become like the Lord. And so um, the Lord said that the most difficult thing for his people in this hour, this very hour in which we are living is sacrifice. Somewhere people stopped being willing to sacrifice. They stopped um, being willing and embracing even suffering. People just not 20, 30, 50, 100 years ago, all the way back, all the way back, goes back as far as we have a script, a, a scroll, a, a book, a, a writing. Everyone who knows God embraced suffering. And um, and in, in the West, um, and I have been using the term churchianity, I, and, and it's the Lord's term because I use it and, and many people use it, and we didn't um, take a meeting about roundtable about using it. It all has come out of our mouth organically. I've been calling, um, the, you know, um, there's Christianity and then there's churchianity, and I've been saying that for umpteen years, and, um, and as have, have many, and this is this, ch this church-going paradigm in the West, which is, you know, uh, Everything, you know, don't rock the boat. Don't expect me to sacrifice. Don't expect me to suffer. Everything must be padded. Everything must be air conditioned. Everything must be provided. And if I ask God to provide and he doesn't provide, well, I'll go to one of my socialized programs because I can get food and I can get school and I can get college and medical and I can get all of these things. And we're the only country that has all of that. There, we're the only ones that do that. So why why do you need God when if God doesn't move on your timeline, you can go get in a line somewhere and Caesar will give it for, get it for you. And so we we've gotten a, we've we've just become some type of I, I 
you know, typically, or from a pulpit, actually, in the local assembly. I wouldn't use this type of language, but it's a safe place here on Tribulation now. So I can use scandalous language like mutations. And um, it's a mutation, some deformed, uh, underdeveloped body like that doesn't look like the body of Messiah. And so in this very hour in which we are living, the, the the most difficult thing that people are finding uh, to do is to sacrifice, and it is the most important posture that we can be taking in this in this hour, and not just any old sacrifice, self sacrifice. People people, um, we must be. Self-sacrificing. We must disengage from our flesh. We must lay down our own will and our own rights. I.e., the, you know, I mean, I know we have the right to protect with deadly force. Doesn't mean we're supposed to. The Bible says, you know, don't even resist an evil man. I don't. I looked at all of my notes and and I've got some good commentaries and it doesn't say, you know, don't even resist an evil man. Um, rather, you know blow them away if they're on your property trying to take your beans and wieners so or beanie weenies sorry beanie weenies so you know um we're upside down in many ways and um we think that when we read Bible, when we read eschatology, Bible prophecy, we think and we're I mean when we look at this big blue marble the United States is such a small blip on it, and yet we think that the Bible is all about us and that the eschatology orbits us, and um, and it must be all about us. And it's just not so, and we've gotten disjointed, and it wasn't really a lot of our fault. It's just the – it was false teachings. It was false doctrine, like you said about other things. It was part of the plan, the leading astray. It is the serpent in the garden. It is the half God really said. The devil's just on his job. And um, so, th- so the most difficult thing for people to do in this hour is to self-sacrifice. We must lay waste within our nature if we are to run the last leg of our race, winning that, winning the wreath in the end. We must run from a from heaven's vantage point and heavenly perspective. I have lost audio from the show, and I don't know if Tracy's audible to anybody else. And Vera in Ontario is not responding. I'm, I'm sorry. And, so, okay. so, uh, can you hear me? I can hear can you, you now, hear but boy, I'll tell you, oh. the the dead air was like for about wow four minutes, and I was in kind of like a heated panic. And I, I'm so dependent on my end. Yeah, yeah, it sure oh was. And so I was like, okay, I I I disconnected from the show i reconnected back up but you know 
I don't have anybody, you know, the people that help me okay. do sound checks, sometimes they disappear in the middle of the program. Okay. So I'm sitting here going, I, I don't hear anybody. I put, I, put, I put it on speaker so that um, my cheek won't hit the mute button again. That's what happened there. Okay. So, um, so vantage point, and I'll back up a little bit. I don't know what, how much four minutes I've covered, but from vantage point, that is a position. So as I was um, comparing the the inability when I moved to a foreign country to have to hear in in one language, con- translate it in, into my English, and then respond. Well, I would miss words, and I would sometimes mistranslate, and um, and communication was difficult, and interaction uh, was disjointed at times. Well, when I became bilingual and I was able to now hear in Spanish, there was no go-between. The middleman was cut out. And so we, so because we're trying to live on this earth and hear heavenly things and then translate them into our earthly way of being, our earthly way of doing, our will, our way of doing church, our way of doing religion, our, how do we – uh, you know, make make sure that we whittle God and to fit into our schedules and our way of you know of doing things. A lot gets lost in translation, but if we will get a vantage point, a he- from the place that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, a that's the right posture because He sits high and looks low. So if we're maneuvering and seeking to be with Christ in heavenly places, we're we're halfway there. We've got the right vantage point. We're not trying to stretch our ear from from the flesh to understand heavenly things. We're in heavenly places of maneuvering in the earth. Heaven first, earth second, not earth first. Heaven second, and then we go to have to perspective, and perspective is not position or location. Perspective is an attitude toward or a way of regarding something. So this is the deal. We say we want a heavenly perspective. It is impossible to have a proper heavenly perspective if you don't have a heavenly vantage point. You will miss. You will. You'll win some and lose some. Like like. Uh, the, in the art of war, know thine enemy, but also know thine self. If you know your enemy, but you don't know yourself, you'll win some and lose some. If you know your enemy and yourself, you won't be bested in any battle. So if we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, then we will hit the mark more when in our attitude and the way we regard things on this planet. We just won't get it right sometimes and win some and lose some, and, and, and our walk won't be a crapshoot. Am I going to win this battle today? Well, or is the devil going to hand my, hand, hand my tail to me on a platter this next time? We, the Lord wants us to get in lockstep with him. And before we try to have the heavenly attitude and regard things on this earth in a heavenly way, we have got to get in a heavenly position. We've got to be understand. Teach me, oh God, Lord, teach me what it means to truly be seated with you in heavenly places. Because right now, for the most part, nine out of ten, well, no, let me say, yeah, I'll say nine out of ten because that makes that makes a, a tie, the tenth, a holy, separated. 
nine out of ten people quote that scripture, and that's all that it is. It's something in the great by and by or, or in theory. If we don't get a heavenly vantage point, we cannot live with a heavenly perspective. That's number one. Most people, uh, we'll talk about that same nine out of ten, those that think about heaven. Now, we've got a whole world of people that don't, that don't, right? But we're just talking about those that think about heaven, talk about heaven, want to go to heaven. Most people think in their thought relationship with heaven is that we're going to go there someday. But the Lord wants us, uh, rather uh, than that, think about how do we live to even be welcome there? How do we not commit the sin of presumption by just assuming that we're just going to, you know, roll in there because the Lord owes us that place that he went away to prepare for us? We want to talk about heaven, about where we're going to go. Very few people are wanting to talk about, am I welcome there? Will I be qualified? Will I be welcome? Is it going to be well done, good, and faithful servant? Um, you know, for um, he raised along with Christ, seated us with him in heavenly realms, because we are united with him. Uh, being united with the Lord will cause us to think what he thinks, see how, think how he, think what he thinks, know what he knows. We have an unction from the Holy One who knows all things. You have the mind of Christ. I will give you a, a, a new vision, a new spirit I'll put within you, eyes to see, ears to hear, heart to perceive, Ephesians 2, 6. Raised from the dead, not to just work by the sweat of our brow. We weren't raised still as the first Adam, working in, with, by the sweat of our brow to be welcomed. It's, it's, it's there and it's done. We were raised from the dead with Christ, seated with him in heavenly places. Now, I want to part from this for just a moment, from this idea, and I want to minister this word to you all you listeners and then i want to pray for you so an instruction that i that that the lord gave me um every word every word that you release pray into it and pray for the people so that's what we're going to do this first word this where this is the stopping mark and an insert so here we go receive this beloved receive this word so just let's just sketch everything for just a moment keeping the sand in there but let's just Remove that and get all of our attention, all all of our sense and sensibility towards this word and give ear to it because the Lord wants to speak this to you. He knew that you would be listening either today or in the days to come. Here we go. This is a year of victory for my body. Now, remember, we just came out of the fall holy days, right? Trumpets begins the new year civilly and agriculturally. Yes, Passover is our religious new year, and so any time that the that um when when uh when we're dealing with marking time religiously or for the the church or the new covenant, yes, we go Passover to Passover. But we're we're talking about timeline, and eschatology affects the whole world, in and out of the church. It affects 
The whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. Important to remember that when we come to Feast of Trumpets, that's happy happy birthday earth. That is um uh that is the agricultural and the and the civilian new year. It is the new it is the new year for civilization and it marks the original times of seed time and harvest when it's written, as long as the earth remains there shall be seed time and harvest. So when the Lord began to speak to me about this, it made sense to me because he's coming from a place of this this is a this is a new season. This is a time of gab, of, of harvest and rain and and then dormancy and then spring. So know where we are in the seasons and hear this. This is a year of victory for my body. That's going from t- trumpets to trumpets. So that's you know, September-ish, sometimes it's early, sometimes it's late. Every once in a while, it'll get way, maybe even the beginning of October, a few and far between. But um, so so from, from fall to fall, from September to September, right, here we go. We just started this year. This is a year of victory for my body. Yet many are experiencing defeat, and it need not be. Unnecessary defeat when victory I have ordained. Weariness succumbs to defeat. My people are being worn down. Weariness succumbs and seeks the path of least resistance. There is weariness among my saints. More and more become weary in well-doing. Now, I've been hearing from the Lord for some decades now, and I don't know that I've ever heard one word used it that many times in one paragraph before he came to full stop. He's very he, he's very concerned about our stamina and our endurance. He is infused he wants to infuse us. He is infusing us with energio for dunamis power to energize us with who he is so that all the way to the end, we can do exploits, because we're going to need to do exploits as the day approaches. I'll continue. There are those who know the right things to say, and they say them. They speak of spiritual things. But in the doing, they have become lazy. Falling into this rut is not a sin unto death, says the Lord. For my grace is present. I love you. I see you. I understand. I empathize and intercede for you. But that spiritual laziness will cause you to suffer things that you would not have had to suffer. I am warning you, being obstinate, being slow to repent, that will lead to sins unto death and even discipline from our Father. They that confess a spirit of weariness, forgive me, I misread, even discipline from the Father. They that confess a spirit of weariness over themselves will have what they have said and will be without excuse. To them that are fulfilling the lust of your flesh, I say, you are resurrecting the old man, the man of sin, the man of death. What I died to give you, you must die to receive it. Now, full stop before I continue on. 
this is this is why the devil is convincing whole people groups that there's no need for self-sacrifice. There's no need for suffering. There's no need to crucify your own flesh. There's no need to, dis- to, to deny yourself. Until now we find ourselves, everybody wanting to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Without the death, there will not be the resurrection. I'll get back to the word. My strength is a keeping strength. Anyone can fall into and crawl out of pit after pit. This does not bring me glory. What brings me glory, what makes evident that I am with you, is when you are at your weakest, you allow the strength of my right hand to keep you upright. And when you would fall, I keep anyone who does not want to be kept. I cannot save anyone from the pit who is bent on falling into it. Rejoice in your weakness, yea, glory in it. For in your utter weakness alone is my strength made evident. No more shall you fall into a pit of despair, but you shall lower yourself into a praise of gratitude. And when your adversary would see you fall, he, he shall instead see you bow if you can receive it. I am your God. Father, we thank you for that word. We thank you, Lord God, that you see each and every one of us right where we're at, and we are all in different places. Oh, but the devil loves to see us fall. Nobody falls who's willing to bow. It's like, you can't fire me if I quit. You can't cause me to fall when I bow. I fall on the rock and be broken. Let the rock fall on me and I be crushed to powder. No, devil, the devil can't push me down. I'm going down of my own free will, and I'm bowing before the living God, knowing that in due season you will exalt me. Lord God, I pray that everyone who has heard this word would be encouraged, would be strengthened, would be energized. We bind up the spirit of weariness right now in the name of Jesus. We bind up the spirit of laziness, of apathy in the name of Jesus. We don't get this way on purpose, Lord. We we don't mean to often, God. And sometimes we look around and wonder how we even got there, God. Thank you for grace. Thank you for interceding for us. Thank you for that, Lord God. And we do repent right now, Lord God, because if we do get weary, we will stop doing the good things. Weariness stops us from doing well. Weary in well-doing will stop us from doing well in Jesus' name. I love something that he said there, that my strength is a keeping strength, uh, um, but I can't keep anyone that doesn't want to be kept. I was thinking about the heavenly vantage point, that posture, that place of heaven. He's not holding us there in that seat, right, seated with him. He's not holding us there against our will like a mother who tries to keep her unruly toddler in her lap when he just wants to jump down and she's got heat snatching him up and he wriggles around and jumps down. No, no, no. We have to be willing to seat with, seat, be seated with him, to sit still and sit fixed with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. And then we will see that heavenly perspective, our attitude, when we would respond in an attitude that is 
in our own strength or from experience or the way the world is doing things, the, way, the world's way of doing things. We will literally do things like heaven wants us to do them. We'll think. We'll think about laws. I love this country. I don't want to live. I certainly don't want to live in Russia. I'm not trying to move anywhere else. I'm ready to be off this demon-infested rock also. And it's a demon-infested rock from the north to south to east and the west. I'm ready to be off of it, of it as well. Um, I, I, and, and I like that if I've got to live somewhere on it, I'd like to, you know, keep living, keep living here. Uh, but it's not because I have the freedom to say whatever I want, because just because I have the freedom to say whatever I want doesn't mean that I should. We're going to be judged for every item word. Because I have the right to bear arms, it doesn't mean that I'm to take them up against someone, you know, that wants to come in and steal my beanie weenies. You know, it just, it just doesn't. Now, we'll all have a different take on that. This is my, this is my take. This is what I feel that the Lord um, really would like all of us to understand is that love has no friend but like one that lays down their life for another. Well, you think, well, you might say, well, that means laying down my life for a friend or laying down my life for a brother. He laid down his life while we were yet sinners, right? He laid down his life when we weren't a friend. In fact, we were we were at enmity with God. It says that that while we were far off, he died. It, it says that we loved him because he first loved us. We don't know what God will expect of us, how far in down the timeline of, of, of eschatology we'll get, how much into how much tribulation, how much suffering, how what will we endure? What, we don't know. We don't know. We're not promised tomorrow. But we, I do know one thing, that um, we have got to address everything that we meet from heaven's perspective, not from American perspective, not from any other country. I'm not a, a, a white American. I'm kingdom. I'm not a white American female. I'm a kingdom citizen. In him there is no male, no female, no Jew, nor Greek, no barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but all are one in, in Christ. So I can't take a position as one particular people group because the Lord says that sectarianism, right, is evil. So I want to be as much like heaven and still keep my feet on this planet. Now, some people would be derisive and say things like, well, you're just trying to be so heavenly minded. You're no earthly good. I don't think we're any earthly good without being heavenly minded. I think that we need to be as much like heaven and still remain and keep from being like Enoch. Enoch walked with God in such a way that he wasn't. That, his name Enoch comes from the Hebrew word, root word of Hanak. It's where we get Hanukkah. means dedication. He was so dedicated to God that he just, I'm going for. Will that happen for me? Will I be uh, it, it caught up in the barley harvest, Harpazio barley harvest, that first fruit harvest, if I'm alive? But for the grace of God, I pray. I, I pray. But my mark is, before that, to walk so dedicated with him that it's an effort to keep my feet on this planet, not to be as much like this world as I can be and still squeak it, squeak it uh, my hiney hair into heaven, right? Oh, hallelujah. 
Okay, let's let's move on to some scripture. Second Timothy two four and seven. I'm reading in the amplified. No soldier of service gets entangled in the ordinary business of affairs of civilian life. He avoids them. So that he why? So that he may please the one who enlisted him to serve. Now, this is parabolic or metaphoric, right? But it's the Holy Scripture. So I can deduce from here that Jesus is the one enlisting us and that it doesn't please him if we get caught up in ordinary business of civilian life. Now, you can argue it, spin it, do whatever, but this is the deal. It's what he says, no soldier in active service. Why? So that he can please the one who enlisted him. That infers that if a soldier in active service gets entangled in the ordinary mere man bit low-level business of the civilian life of this world, then it will not please him who enlisted us to serve him. Period. Verse 5. And if anyone competes as an athlete in competitive games, he is not crowned with the wreath of victory. Well, right there it says, right there we could see that you can compete and not be crowned. Right? See to it that no one, what, steals your crown. Huh? If anyone competes as an athlete, he will not be crowned with the wreath of victory unless he competes according to the rules. Now, you tell me that this is not conditional. Hmm? The hardworking farmer who, verse 6, the hardworking farmer who labors to produce crops ought to be the his share of the crops, or in the kingdom, they will say fruits. And in the in the in the Greek, there, that's the same word for end gathering. Hello, oh my God, hello, feast of tabernacles, right? This this end gathering bounty, right? It is ours if we will work well. If we'll be a part of those. When the laborers are few, but we're not only laboring, but we are a hard-working farmer, that it is fitting for us to what? Partake of first fruit in gathering. Holy moly. Listen at what is, what's written in verse 7. Think over the things I am saying and grasp their application. Why would it be? Why and this is in this this is just the right the New American Standard Bible Bible with the Strong's in original language. So think over the things that I am saying, meaning you you've got to make an effort, he it, it, this scripture is saying, to grasp their application. Why is that if it were not possible that people could read it and not grasp what he's really saying? Huh? Right? So don't get entangled in ordinary business of this world. Run the race according to the rules and be a hardworking farmer. And if you can grasp this application, you'll be a part of the first fruits and gathering. Think over the things I am saying and grasp their application. For the Lord will grant you insight and understanding in everything. I've got that highlighted. I've got, I've got Holy Ghost goose pimples all over me. 
the Lord will grant you insight and understanding into everything. See, there are things that getting because the Lord hasn't granted them understanding. And the Lord hasn't granted them understanding because people don't try to grasp the application. We want to apply the scripture and what suits our earthly civilian life and hope that we can get a few pieces of intel from heaven so that our tail doesn't burn, because really all we're looking for is some fire insurance. Holy Lord. Jesus is pulling us. Now, moving on, that was 2 Timothy 2, 4, 2, 4 through 7 in the Amplified. Jesus is pulling us. He's stretching us. Part of his messianic mystery, and I love when the Lord just kind of dropped this in my spirit, that people think that the <laughs> it, we've got this, you know, uh, you know, I love Billy Graham. I'm just saying, you know, this Billy Graham, come just as you are, you know, say just as you are. One thing to always say, repeat a prayer, go, you know, yada, yada, nod your head in all the right places. You know, do you believe, uh-huh, do you believe, uh-huh, do you commit, uh-huh, good, uh-huh. oh, you're safe. Okay, well, I loved that the Lord uh, kind of dropped it in my spirit, that that just was the beginning of the Messianic ministry, that Jesus never just starts a thing and doesn't finish it, right? I'm going to be ministering at a um, at two Overcomers Revival Conference uh, in Jacksonville, Florida in November, and and uh, the theme of those that have put together us nine speakers, not, well, actually, there's 11 speakers, the two um, ministry hosts, and then nine of us invited keynote speakers over a three-day period. Well, the, the theme is the, the remnant is rising. And, um, and as I have been, you know, just talking with the Lord, what am I going to bring in my session? Right. And... I got just just blown over with if the remnant is going to rise, then we need to see the way the altar is finishing. And that's all I'll say about that because I have a message and I want to release it. But the author has finished the thing. And it's not just that he came and he died and rose again seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession, but he also raised us up to be seated with him there. That's just as, part, that's just as much a part of, of his messianic ministry. Not, just, not saving us and then just leaving us to meander and hoping, you know, that one day we'll, we'll, we'll get real close to him in the great by and by, and until then we're just trying not to die. He wants us with him. In heavenly matters, he, he wants our vantage point to be high and our perspective to be right. He wants us high and right. Hallelujah. And so part of his messianic ministry was getting us seated with him in heavenly places. And part of our response to him is not just saying, uh-huh, I believe and I pray and I say amen. That, that's our response to the cross. That's our, yeah, that, but part of our response to him is living a life approaching from same-set heavenly perspective. 
there was part of the price as well. We ought to welcome, we ought to be willing to sit in the seat. No, no, thank you. I, I just I just wanna go to heaven one day. But until then I like I like this vantage point. And I'm going to see life, do life, approach life, and my my filter will be civilian, very civilian, very mere man, very earthling. Huh? Glory to God. I still want to get into Acts 17, but I won't. I will say to you, Acts 17, 22 through 30, read it. You know, we know it, the Areopagus, you know, the Areopagus the, the and the unknown God and people milling about being religious but not knowing the God that they're even – oh, that was really good. I, I enjoyed putting that down for you guys. But I've got to – his word is more important than my word. So um, I want to go on to the next prophecy. I'll check my time really quick. Holy moly. Here we go. So the Spirit of Christ was said to me, write, hear my voice. I desire to speak to you like one speaks to his friend. Ask me and I will answer. Now, he's not saying that to me. He's saying that through me to you. Now, yes, of course, he would say that to me as well. But listen, beloved. Listen to what the Lord is saying to you. Inquire of me. Ask of me, and I will answer. Inquire of me, and I will tell you things in my mind. I will reveal my heart. I want to talk to you about my word, about what I am doing, and what is important to to me. I want to, I I want you to want to get to know me as I am. Everything concerning you is open for discussion. There is a perfect will a right choice, and a blessing concerning all things concerning you. But they are found in me. Search them out like great pearls, like pearls of great price. I hold the answer to your unknown and your not yet. Incline your ear. Learn, of, learn my voice. Know when I am speaking. Know when what you hear is not me. For my sheep know my voice, and the voice of another they will not follow, because they do not know and recognize them. You have recognized voices of others long enough. As you become more intimately acquainted with my voice, we will walk as one, and no one can separate you from me. That is not a future desire of the Lord. He's wanting that right now, five minutes ago yesterday. Glory to God. Do not store up for yourselves material treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. See, when we're in a heavenly vantage point and we're approaching life with a heavenly perspective, our wishes, our desires, and our life will center on the things of the Lord and what the Lord wants, not on what we want. We will be the center of our own universe. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And lastly, I'm skipping over a lot, Johnny, because I know that 9 o'clock is the thing. I've got one more prophecy. Do I have two minutes? No. 9.30. Oh, 9.30. man. Yeah, you got another 30 minutes. And if you go over time, I'm not going to, like, flip out of anything. So, all right. Well, I just feel like I was just born again. Yeah. I feel like I was just born again. I'm just born again. Thirty minutes. Give me. Th- you turn back the. You turn back the sun. Thirty 
30 minutes. I'm so happy. Okay. Um, let me get my computer. I was shutting it down for the, closing it down. Okay. So, um, two columns when we're talking about laying up treasures. The Lord has said to lay up treasures. Why is this? Because the law of seed time and harvest is in effect. So what we sow, and we think, when we think about sowing into the kingdom, we think about going to a local brick and mortar and bringing in God's tithe and our offering and, and, and alms for the poor, and that's all part of it. But what if, it's, what if there's something even bigger than that? And if we lay if we could, if, if, if he could show us how to lay up treasures in heaven, what we're sowing there, we would reap down here. Because I would rather reap a harvest of what I'm laying up there than what I'm laying up here. And I do need a harvest and want a harvest and expect a harvest. I know the word of God. I'm a giver, pressed down, shaken together, men given it to bosom. Don't muzzle the ox. If, if I give of you my spiritual goods, am I not worthy of natural goods as well? I get men, I get all of that. But but this this laying up treasures, we need to pay attention to it, and the Lord has a few things for us. So I, I asked the people that I was ministering this word to um, when the Lord gave it to me, two columns, two columns. When we go through these 28, and there's many more, but I chose 28 because 28 God's biblical numeric for eternal life. So I thought, yeah, 28 is a great number. And all 28 are words from red. They all come from the Beatitudes and the Olivet Discourse, all 28 of them. So, um, and I said, make two columns. And as we go over this 28, write down, yes, I know I'm laying up treasures here. I'm victorious in this area. I'm very mindful of this. And then where I'm not laying up treasures in heaven, where I need grace and help and strength and understanding because I can't just call it grace and then, you know, keep not laying up. I need the grace to learn to lay up, right? Not grace to license me to disobey the word of God. And so really what we do is we Psalm 139 ourselves, right? I love verse 23 and 24 in Psalm 139. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. And then lead me in the everlasting way. Or we could, you know, we wouldn't do violence to the scripture if we said in the heavenly way. Lead me in the heavenly way. I am living life from there to here, not trying to live it from here to there. We can't live it from here to there because this is a demon-infested rock, and the new heaven and the new earth, the new Jerusalem can't even touch down on it until the, the, work, the earth is purified by fire. And after we get through the book of Revelation, we had a thousand years for people to get it together then. So that's another message. But anyway, so we are going to Psalm 139 ourselves, right? Where am I really mindful of these treasures? And where am I struggling to lay up treasures? Because this is where I really want to focus my investment, okay? And also that word treasure there in, um, in Matthew 6, uh, it's the uh, Greek word, actually, goes back to Aramaic, and it's thesaros. It's where we get the word thesaurus, you guessed it. It's the word where we get the word thesaurus, and it's the word thesaurus, and it literally means storehouse. And that is just so very cool because what he's saying is, yes, you know, 
record them. I teach a message on it. As I, as I said, it's evolving. We're not all the way through it. And um, maybe near nearing, mm-hmm, maybe over a third of it. But we, we're walking through this. This is, this, this is worthy of chewing, meditating, marinating, and making sure we don't just gobble it down like Neanderthals. We want to really taste the goodness of these things. So um, this is a work in progress. But we've started, so here we go. This, this, these are the 28, and I'm just going to list them. And I'll list them slow. You can jot them down. And uh, typically I would be unpacking them, but I'll just list them for you here. Number one, this one of 28, just going down the line, being humble and pure in heart. We lay up treasures when we show mercy. We lay up treasures when we're making peace. We lay up treasures when we're being persecuted for righteousness' sake. We lay up treasures when we're going the extra mile. We lay up treasures when we're not being unfairly judgmental. That's unfairly judgmental because we are called to judge rightly and righteously. We're going to judge angels. Uh, We lay up treasures when we're being wise. Now, all this, and I haven't gotten past Matthew 7 yet. We started in 5 and got all of these are in all of the Beatitudes and all the discourse. We're being, we're laying up treasures when we're being the salt of the earth. We're laying up treasures when we're being the light of the world. We're laying up treasures when we're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. We're laying up treasures when we fast. We're laying up treasures when we resist anger. Now I'm going going to go very fast. We're still in Matthew. All of this is from Matthew. I don't go into any other gospel. All 28 you can find in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Here we go. Resisting anger, following God's commands, being faithful to one's spouse, keeping your word, turning the other cheek, providing for physical needs, loving your enemy, praying for those who persecute you, giving to the needy discreetly and in secret, prayer, and specifically praying for God's name to be revered as holy, practicing forgiveness, shunning worry, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, pursuing the things of God, entering through the narrow gate, being on guard against false prophets, and practicing authentic discipleship. That was the 28th one. These are not Don't change, yo. This is not something you're going to phone in. These are not bones you're going to hurl up uh, in a weekly meeting. This is, like we started out, this is death. This is sacrifice. This is laying waste. This is giving your own flesh a Colombian necktie. This is is putting yourself on the altar and being the dead man walking the green mile until he comes or until you go via the grave. These are not for the squeamish. That's why it's important to have these columns. Because do any of us have all of these in the laying up column? Negative. We've got some in the not laying up column. But we need to focus on those. Why? Because the Lord, while he does acknowledge all that we got right, he is one to have this, he is one to be known to have this one thing against us. You have this one thing. So if you've got one thing in your, I don't lay up treasures in this area, focus on that one thing. But you've got more than that, better even than where I am laying up. I could lay up better. Hallelujah. Those are the 28. 
glory to God. Um, I can put those on our Transformation Fellowship International page. If you want to go on Facebook, I'll throw them up there, and you can copy and paste or write them down at a later date. That's Transformation Fellowship International, I-N-T-L, Transformation Fellowship, I-N-T-L, on Facebook. Okay, last prophecy, y'all. Oh, before, before I do, here we go. Uh, the Lord, um, let's see. Hmm. Um, when, when, when I mentioned, I want to just circle back when I mentioned about the holy days, right, the, whether there's a fall or the spring, whether um, there are the three high holy, which are the three harvests, right, first fruits, the, 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 the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, the fruit harvest. That's, um, that's first fruits. Uh, Shavuot or Pentecost in, in, in the Greek, but it's Shavuot or Feast of Weeks and Tabernacles. Those are the three harvests. And isn't it interesting that out of all seven, holy three are high holy, and they're all on harvest. Even Day of Atonement is not one of them. Day of Atonement. That's when your name is written in the book. Or what about between trumpets and the and trumpets when we go on our faith in time of lamenting and rending our hearts on our garment to pray because, you know, uh, be, because uh, it's a type in, or, or it, it, it represents, we don't go backwards because we're not Judaizers, but we keep ourselves mindful of the fact that because the religious of, of Moses' day uh, could not wait to hear from the Lord, so they make for themselves um, a, a golden calf and worship it instead. Call it God, right? And um, and so in the, all through the month of Elul, when he goes up to get the second tablets, because when he saw what they were doing, you know, God was like, yo, go get your people. You think that, that they're partying, that is not celebration. You need to go see what they're doing. And when he sees them, he just hurls the Ten Commandments, right, the tablets. And so during the month of Elul and the, the Ten Days of Rocks, he comes back down on atonement to see if God had, you know, Accepted their sorry, right? Um, that's the forty days, and um, and that month of Elul is right now. We're back to back, but soon again we will be face to face. That's what Elul stands for. And even when when even that didn't make high holy days, trumpets didn't, helmet didn't, feast days. Why? Because those are the those, those represent the three groupings, the three watches, three gatherings, right? First fruits. Weeks or uh, Pentecost weeks, and then the grapes of wrath. I think that's somewhere in Revelation 14. Then it's the great the the, the the nations, right? Where the blood, the grapes of wrath, where the blood of the grapes, where the blood will raise up to the harvest, to the uh, to, to the uh, horse's bridle, and he harvests the nations. He puts the sickle in and harvests the nations. It's called the grapes of wrath because of the blood. So, but these three holy days, right? all on harvest because it's always about people, never even about religion or even worship. It's not even about, he says, you make it about me, but I'm making it about you. I'm making it about my people, my creation, who I love and who I sent my son to come and die for him. And so when we're talking about these holy days, these are much more than the religious, uh, uh, with the religious meanings of the past. It's much more than a type and shadow of things to come, but these are present-day laws in the earth, right? These are the way God's doing things, and we we don't we don't observe and we don't get mindful or even just comprehend, right? Because He says 
he said, if you'll just ask the Lord, he'll rightly show you how to apply these things. Not to go back to reenact something of old, but to understand how, when, and why God is allowing things to happen and what they're leading to. And it is a harvest of souls. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so this was the final word, keeping in mind where we've just, what the season that we're in and where we're going. This is what he says. For this is a year, right? Remember, trumpets, there's the year. For this is a year of reaping. With provision from my hand, I will sustain you. I got to stop. I'm feeling a check in my spirit right now. I need to stop. Don't hear my voice. Breathe. Hear this word. Hear this with spiritual ears, the heavenly perspective. Hear this for you, for your family, for yourself when things are coming. Hear this. This, beloved listener of tribulation now, this is a year of reaping. With provision from my hand, I will sustain you. I will prosper you and keep you in my blessing. While lack is a portion of those who have robbed me and scattered to the wind, my faithful ones will shine before their companions, and they will marvel at my loving kindness toward you. The wise have sown in time of famine. Now in time of drought, they will reap abundantly. Do not shrink back. Do not say, I have nothing. Lift up your hands of generosity, and I will fill them. Put forth your hand to the altar of sacrifice, and I will replenish your house. The word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you that you take time to speak to us. We thank you that you want to speak to us like a man speaks to his friend. We thank you that though the Full of circumcision is sharp and painful, that you are still faithful to circumcise our ears, that we will hear you clearly in a world where everything is so noisy, with deceptive noise, white noise, misleading noise, and distracting noise. Oh, God, we thank you for all that you would impart to us. We thank you for welcoming us. And we thank you for seating us with you, you for the heavenly vantage point so that we can then have a proper heavenly perspective, that we will do life from that vantage point and in that perspective. Glory to God. Let that be our filter. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'll tell you what, your message is very powerful, and I think the timing might be really, really anointed because while you were sharing that word, which was, like I said, very powerful across the board, I was following you on the scriptures and stuff, and yeah, Second Timothy. T- Timothy, for, for those of you listening to the program, if you really want to be get convicted, okay, spend some time in Titus and First and Second Timothy and read it kind of slow and pay real close attention to it because in there you there's a lot of mysteries and there's a lot of 
admonishment for each of us to use is kind of like a plumb line to evaluate where we are in our walk and where we need to focus our prayer time to improve our walk. Okay, because, you know, physician heal thyself, right? So when you detect issues in your walk that aren't what you know what you believe you're reading in the scripture and what you know you want to you want to bring that before the lord and you want to focus on you want to make that a focus issue you know so i i always start out my prayer time praying for myself first because the scripture says physician heal thyself you know a sick physician doesn't do his patient his or her patients any good all right now all that being said i wanted to share this because it's kind of alarming <laughs> so this, this this actual article that just got sent to me while you were you know preaching the word of God, the timing's kind of interesting. I'm just going to share that the headline reads, and it's 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 on various sites across the internet. But it says Tucker Carlson warns everything will stop by Thanksgiving due to the diesel shortage. Now we have been talking for the last several shows about a 23-day reserve of diesel. And, you know, I don't know how the reserves on diesel work, and I don't know how the reserves on gas. I don't think hardly anybody knows how they work, especially now because it's, you know, all the rules have been broken by the entity that refers to itself as Biden under the control of the Antichrist Obama. Now, all that being said, I'm going to read this to you because it's kind of sobering, and and and, and it mm-hmm. underscores for us, especially those of us who are in the West, okay, and uh, why did I say it like that, the West, is because the West is are typically the nations that are the most blessed, although that's not really the case anymore with, with the shift in wealth that has occurred uh, due to the so-called Russian sh- sanctions. But that being said, let me read this to you. Says Fox News host Tucker Carlson is sounding the alarm on a diesel fuel shortage that he says could be catastrophic. And again, last two shows, maybe last four shows, we've mentioned it in various headlines. The host said that the lack of diesel fuel could mean that everything will stop by Thanksgiving. But let me kind of like, that's a broad statement, right? So let's zero in on what that actually could mean. Uh, and I'm going to skip a bunch of the blah, 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 because they make a bunch of comments about Europe and the Britons and, and you know, cutting trees and wanting coal and worried about being able to not freeze to death in the winter and all that, which is all relevant. But one of the major milestone markers of our eligibility to depart the earth are the last few words of the third the very end so it says basically you know if i would do the johnny baptist simplified translation it would basically say there's going to be a global financial collapse food is going to be insanely expensive and the petrodollar will also collapse but don't mess with the bride of jesus christ that's essentially what it says in the third seal. Okay, but what it says, do not harm the oil or the wine, which is a metaphor for the bride of Jesus Christ. And so there's no reason yeah. for us to be yeah. to assume that that is not inclusive of all three watches, the first watch, second watch, third watch, Luke, Luke 12, 35, 36, 37, et cetera. Okay, so anyway, um, the reason I brought that up is that I wanted to align in the sand, kind of like a baseline. 
we're going to be here for this, like it or lump it, when the global financial collapse occurs, not if, when. It's going to include the United States of Babylon the Great, and it's going to be horrible. Okay, think 1933, kids eating mud pies, that kind of stuff. Okay, it's going to be, it's going to be not, it's going to be unpleasant on a, on a degree that American citizenry has never experienced in its entire history. Now, that being said, I'm going to read, I'm going to go right to the point of this article. Listen to this. The writer of the article says, what could possibly be the justification for doing that? And they're talking about how we're cutting off our own nose to spider face by doing Russian sanctions that are hurting nothing but the West. It says, we've wondered. Anyone who's paying attention has had to have wondered that as well. Well, this week, Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland, of Bethesda, answered that question. He says, Rus now this is his opinion. He says, Russia is an Orthodox Christian country with traditional social values. And for that reason, it must be destroyed, no matter what the cost is to the United States. Now, now, keep in mind that our chief of naval operation is a transvestite, and it makes me want to yak, voluminous amounts of yak, when I look at it. Okay, and um, so is this other entity, and I don't even want to get into it. But anyway, it goes on to say, but many in Washington agree with him in both parties. They would like to see World War trans, that's referring to transvestites, immediately, the host said. Now listen to this. What is go this is the opinion of the author and the and the person speaking this this Jamie Raskin of Maryland. What is a jihad going to mean for you? You know, because it's a religious war is what they're saying. The United States and their transvestite mentality is being forced upon the world. Which of course the Antichrist is homosexual and and and, and his so-called wife is a transvestite. It's Michael. Come on, wake up, snap out of it. Why wouldn't they push it? Of course they would. It's satanic. All right. So anyway, it goes on. It says the details are stunning. Thanks to the Biden administration's religious war in the Ukraine, this country is about to run out of diesel fuel, according to the data from the Energy Information Administration. By the Monday of Thanksgiving week, that's 25 days from now. There will be no more diesel. What's going to happen then? Well, everything will stop. Quote, that means trucks, trains, barges are all going to stop moving. Farm equipment is going to shut down. There will be no deliveries, no trucks, no diesel generators. And inevitably, our economy will crash because everything runs on diesel fuel, not on solar panels, not on wind farms, on diesel fuel. Diesel is not a negotiable, a negotiable commodity. All right. And I'll end it right there because it goes into some other blather. But the point of the matter is, if this person, Jamie Raskin's assessment, you know, whether or not it's a jihad or not, whether or not that's the primary focus, I think it's a little bit broader than that. But I definitely agree with him that 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 is a big part of it. No doubt about it. Satan wants Satanism everywhere. He's preparing for the Great Tribulation. These the period of the seals in Revelation chapter six is essentially God's period of, we'll call it, early judgment upon the earth to prepare the earth for the day of the Lord and ultimately the uh, great tribulation, which none of us, believe you me, not, you know, 
forget it. Don't even think about it. Okay, want to be here for that. Okay, you do not want to be one of the people with the seal of God on your head when the, you know, quote, locusts come flying down through the smoke. Okay, we'll just leave it at that without going into a, a lesson on whether they're coming from the pit or outer space. But I'm telling you, they're coming from outer space. Now, all that being said, if you read your Bible properly, you will see that I'm correct. Now, all that being said, think about that. This Thanksgiving, what are you going to do when there's no food? What are you going to do when there's no food? We, we have got to get ourselves to a place. I, you know, just because of my unusually, I don't know how to, I don't know what, my upbringing and my background, I have been exposed to a lot of things that a lot of other Christians have not been exposed to necessarily. Some, yes, but most, no. And one thing that I was exposed an awful lot to was missionary testimonies. A lot, hundreds. And I can tell you that missionary testimonies are some of the most amazing testimonies you will ever hear because they oftentimes find themselves in parts of the world where they have no options at all. None. They often find themselves in places where there is no food and their lives are in danger. And they will take, you know, a, a uh, like an empty pot and put it on the stove and stand around it and pray. Put a lid on it, go to bed, wake up the next day, and it'll be full of food. These are the kinds of, when Reverend Shulman mentions things like supernatural exploits and things that we're going to ultimately be having to do, this is just one of many. And these things are not all that rare. Okay, our exposure to them is rare because, as a general rule, we're not as exposed today to the testimony of missionaries in extremely dark places in the world as we were back in the 70s. All right? So if you have been so blessed as to have heard that plethora of testimonies of people who ran out of gas in the middle of the Andes Mountain and some stranger come driving up and gave them enough gas to get, you know, 30, 40 miles down the road or whatever, you know, and, and said that the Lord woke me up out of bed in the middle of the Andes Mountains. These are the kinds of things that happen, that will happen for you. But you've got to believe. And that faith if I were you folks with the days ahead, I would be praying fervently for our Heavenly Father to douse you, to overwhelm you and anoint you with the Holy Spirit gift of faith. Because that is one of the gifts. They're all very important. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, in the days that we have ahead, when there's no food, I know it's hard to imagine I know we've seen some of the shelves are bare. I know we've seen the dairy products cabinets are only half full at the Super Walmart. I get it. I get it. But I don't think we totally do get it. What I'm saying is there's Not time. It looks like it could be sooner than later that things are going to get real unpleasant. And we're going to have to have joy in our lives, faith in God, total trust in him, and believe and know that that pot is going to have food in it the next day. You understand? And that Absolutely. is not an and easy transition. That's what he said in that word. 
And that's what he said go in the very it. last word. Take the mic. That, keep, going. Um, no, keep on going. I can't hear you. You're, but, but, I need your volume to come up a little bit. Can you get closer to the, uh, the microphone or something? Um, you're yeah, real quiet. Is that better? Much better. Is that better? <clears throat> yes, so, much better. Um, but that, that's what he said in that last word, that people will marvel at his loving kindness towards us and that in a time of drought we were going to reap in abundance. That's the empty bowls when nobody else. Is yeah, what's that scripture in Habakkuk? What's that scripture in Habakkuk? Do you know which, what, what chapter and verse it is? Um, uh, it, it goes something like this. It, you know, there, there's no food in the in the and there's no food out there in the field. There's no animals. You know, there's I will praise the Lord. You know, that's kind of like the attitude that we got to have. I just I think it's like Habakkuk three something, but I don't. I have it all of the, you know, I just don't have it memorized the exact location. Is it, is it, it's uh, actually is a song. It, um, is it Habakkuk three seventeen that the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines of the olive? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And, it it's and, the one that Laura, what's her name, has. Yeah. No feed, though there are no sheep in the pen uh, yeah. and no cattle in the stalls. Yet yeah. I will rejoice the Lord. I will, yeah. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. That's it. Yep. That's it. That's it. It's a, it's uh it's the lyrics to a song that Laura somebody I forget I I don't play a lot of that. Anyway, so the point is yes that that scripture Habakkuk. Um, did you say three seventeen? Yes, that's it. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails. And the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the field and the cattle barns are empty. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. That is the key. Right there. That is the key. We have got to become this scripture. When you are full of praise and it's coming from the bottom of your heart because you know, not because you believe, but because you know, you really, really know, that's when God does mighty miracles. And by the way, don't please, in the name of Jesus, don't forget these words, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's from uh, John 14, 12, 13, and 14. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Our Heavenly Father absolutely gushes. He loves it when you show off His awesomeness to other people. So when you have neighbors that are hurting, need food, all those kinds of things, these, our Father will be greatly pleased knowing that you can touch other people's lives with His miracles that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Praise God. So I'll let you go ahead and close out the show for us, uh, 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 Tracy. So I'm tossing the mic back to you. Absolutely. Um, so any listener can reach out to me um, if you would like um, any of these prophetic words. You want to email me, you're welcome to email me at Pastor Tracy, P-A-S-T-O-R-T-R-A-C-I at hotmail.com. And um, you can also find me on Facebook, Tracy Prince Selman, and uh, follow our ministry page, Transformation Fellowship International. And um, 
feel free to reach out if you need prayer, um, want to discuss anything. Just always, um, I'm here to serve the body of Christ, and um, I'm for his people, and um, and um, for his coming. And uh, we've got, we have got, like, like you said, we won't be able uh, to endure, um, well, yes, with Holy Spirit gifts of faith, working miracles, and and um, yeah, um, healings, gifts of healing. Uh, we've got to get in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We just we must. Um, I want to say one more thing because um, I skipped it, and um, and I'm not going to go in all of it. But the Acts 17, 22 through 30 scripture was was very powerful. But that last verse, therefore God overlooked and disregarded the former ages of ignorance. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent, that is, to change their old way of thinking. See, that's the thing. Repent doesn't always mean we've been naughty boy or naughty girl. It means to return or to change our way of thinking, have a change of mind, have a change of heart, have a change of, of action, change our way of thinking, regret our past sins if that's necessary, if that's applicable, and seek God's purpose for their lives. That is what 30 says in Acts 17, and we're living in a time where what got us through is not going to see us through to the end. What's been good enough thus far, we're going to have to kick it into another gear. The Lord is requiring things of us. He's separating wise from foolish, sheep from goats. He's separating the men from the boys, the pretenders from the contenders, and the, and, and he is um, he is uh, speaking expressly and intimately to those that are seated with him uh, in heavenly places and are willing to do life from his perspective, heaven's perspective, not our perspective or our need or our will. We're not shoving him like a square peg in our round hole. We're just not doing it. We're going to have to get on board with what he's doing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Oh, no, yeah, no, this is a very timely message. I am... Quite frankly, I'm a little shocked to – I mean, I knew about the diesel shortage, but what I couldn't figure out was how does it replenish, right? You can say you only have 23 days of diesel in reserve, but isn't there more diesel coming in from the refineries? And so I wondered why they were so final about it. And I don't understand that part, but to read that article was kind of a little bit of a chill going down because I – quite frankly, didn't expect it to happen so fast. Um, and so if that is an accurate assessment, then, um, you know, we we probably all need to spend a little bit extra time in prayer. Um, and just remember, I, I know there are lots of preachers and teachers and articles out there on the Internet and people on YouTube that say things like, if you pray for – if you spend enough time praying for other people, you don't have to spend any time praying for yourself. I've seen them. I've seen the memes. They're wrong. They're flat out wrong. It is vitally important. You need to be used by God. God needs you. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. Why does God need to blot out your transgressions? He needs you to be clean. He needs you to repent. He needs you to confess. If you confess of your sins, he is faithful and just to, to, to forgive you of your sins and, and cleanse you of all unrighteousness, First John 1, 9. You've got to understand that. Never be 
kicked down. Never let the devil make you feel unworthy. Okay, I'm the poster child for screwing up, okay? Believe you me, there ain't nothing you can do that's going to beat me to the, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just a version of Paul when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, so take this to the bank. You, we have all got to be, to Tracy's point, really good soldiers. We've got to be full of the Lord. We've got to be full of faith. We've got to seek him. We've got to get ourselves right with God, and we got to mean it from the bottom of our heart, just like King Hezekiah did in 2 Kings 25, where God responded to him and said, I have seen your tears, and I will answer you. Now, let's just ask ourselves a simple question. If King Hezekiah wasn't crying, do you think God would have answered? God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. It is October the 30th, Sunday night, in the United States of Babylon the Great, approximately 25 days away from the diesel cutoff, I guess. And we'll see what's going to happen. It's up to God. He is in control. But watch out, because it sure don't look like he's been stopping any of this stuff since the pandemic. So buckle up and get close. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Sister Tracy, for coming on the program tonight. Very timely message. Very timely. God bless you all. We will see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you, Tracy. Amen. Bye-bye. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.